Welcome back to the Salt City Sports Podcast. It's Monday night, November 18th. We are back with another Sode. What's up, Clay? Let's get it. We're back. We're back. The Bears aren't back, Chase. The Bears suck. Bears still suck. It's uh, official. Niners back in the W calm. Great weekend for me. It must be nice. Yeah, it's been pretty nice. Yeah, nine and one. Nothing finer than a Niner. Okay. Enough of that. Uh, we've got a great episode for you guys planned tonight. We've got peaks and valleys. We've got a jazz update. We're going to talk local football here. Then we'll go over the Survivor League, some daily fantasy stuff to catch you up on. Yes. And then we will end with Clay's banger picks as per usual. You ready to jump in? Yeah, let's go. Let's go Peaks and Valleys to start us off. Remember, if this is your first time listening, Peaks and Valleys are a high point, the peak, and a low point of the week from Clay and I. We always start low with that valley and then climb the mountain up top. Yes. Do you want me to go first? Please. I'll start with my valley. So I joined an Orange Theory class thing with uh, Jessica. (laughs) So... This All right, is, that's uh, it. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Uh, you guys have seen these everywhere, right, Chase? They're like the indoor fitness classes or whatever. Mm-hmm. No? Okay. Well, uh, I signed up, and I went to my first class. I will say 93% of this class was women. Do cool. what you want with that information. I'm just putting it out there. Look, I'm, I'm the messenger. Mm-hmm. I relay information. So I showed up they give you a little heart rate monitor and then like throughout the class you're doing it's just a what's it called h-i-i-t or whatever the high intensity interval training Mm -hmm. for 60 minutes so they have you do different things throughout the class and you're trying to get your heart rate like in this in the zone to burn all these calories and whatever you know the science behind it so i go with jessica and uh it's called orange theory because they want you in the orange zone for the majority of the class your heart rate yeah mm-hmm. so there's like the green zone orange actually there's a blue zone which is just like your resting uh heart rate just like chilling then there's green orange red well you're supposed to be in like green for 20 minutes orange for 20 minutes uh blue for five and red for like five so they hook this heart rate monitor up to me i'm working out i'm dying like about ready to kill over it sends you your results it's kind of cool they shoot you an email and at the end of the class you know exactly what you did and like i said you're supposed to be in the red for five minutes of class the first class i went to i was in red for 44 minutes (laughs) 44 (laughs) jessica almost drove me straight to the er like i was just i was donezo yeah it wasn't healthy so uh i went again i i i dusted it off and i went a second time i got my red down to 38 minutes the second time so there's improvement improvement. yeah but i'm it's bad chase and like everyone else is like in the red for like four minutes or seven minutes it's it's really embarrassing but i uh realized i think the heart rate issues are these energy drinks dude i've talked about it on here i have a problem this is therapeutic for me. So I am cutting back on the energy drinks. Monsters, rock stars. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But, I mean, my heart's beating out of my chest when I work out. So I got to do something. That's great. Hey, you're just improving yourself, you know. 
and 44 minutes to 38 minutes that's a great that's a great decrease but increase of your health yes so good for you usually the orange theory for me as far as like high intensity interval training mm-hmm. just includes a buffet mm. the trips to and from you know eating Picking up that big high intensity plate. yeah you know if you've seen me yeah i waste no time so um that joke didn't land okay <laughs> let's move on You're a quick eater yeah. yeah uh so let's talk about my valley i love costco who you know? wouldn't yeah it's a great place right what american wouldn't like costco yeah it's it's probably one of the most american things we have is costco and walmart but let me give you a quick lowdown of why i love costco i dare say kirkland's one of the finest brands this nation's ever unearthed if you're not kirked up in something every day whether mm-hmm. it's your chocolate covered almonds a white tea maybe some some kirkland socks i don't care don't tell me you're buying duracell batteries you're buying kirkland i'm buying i'm kirked dude I'm kirked up from the floor up, usually. Love it. Um, but here's here's the thing. When when should you not go to Costco? I would say peak hours. What what day of the week? I would say weekends. Yeah, any weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Because I work remotely and I'm a real estate agent, like I have a lot of free time, and I'm not tied down basically to an office. Is what I'm saying. So yeah, I usually go to Costco during the week, and it's great. I can walk around. I can get what I need. And I, I go in on a mission. I'm usually in and out of Costco in 20 to 30 minutes. I don't I don't peruse. I know mm. what I want. And I get it. And I go You're home. already ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were out of milk on Saturday. And we had already done the thing where we just ran to the store and got milk. But we needed, like, a few Costco items. Milk's really good to get there. 100 uh, pack of TP. Yeah, that was a great paper product. We needed we needed paper plates, honestly. Formula. We get our formula for a little Reese Roo, mm-hmm. baby girl. And so I was like, I have to go. So I went at Saturday at like 5 p.m. Mark it down. The worst time in history to go to Costco. Let me just give you a quick rundown. 15 minutes to find a parking spot. I'm not exaggerating. I got cut off. Like, I have the blinker on. Someone's backing out. Somebody comes around the other side. Mm-hmm. And they were able to sneak in. They didn't care. I didn't care. I was, I was fuing, flipping people off, but I, I, I was a slave to it though. I just stayed and I rallied. I get inside. They've got the Christmas shit out, right? Mm-hmm. Every aisle has extra stuff on the end of it. You can't, you can't get your cart around, and their carts are extra wide. I'm just getting worked up thinking about it. My heart rate's getting into the orange zone yeah. right now. Right mm-hmm. now, just thinking about it. I said, "Are you serious?" Driving my cart to probably five different people because I was cutting people off. Went wheel to wheel with one lady for a while. Wow. Wheel to wheel and just gave a, hey, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> you know, but like, was ready to drop bows if I had to. Yeah. Anyways, I got out of there. Uh, of course, spent trippy digis. Yeah. Can't, can't not do it. Plus, how many how many samples did you hit? You said zero. You, what? Zero. No samples for this wow. guy. Okay. Because I was so stressed. There was no time. There's no time for samples. I mean, I love, you know, nothing better than getting kirked up inside of the Kirkland Signature home base yeah. with some samps, but not for this guy. You were in and out. Yeah, in and out. So never again. that was my valley. Don't ever go to Costco, especially the Ogden Costco, Saturday at 5 p.m. They're all bad. You'll die. You think one's bad, they're all bad. Uh, let me hit you with my peak, Chase. Let's do it. So 
our nephew Rexton, he was doing his Eagle project and he decided to do a donation, like a, a what is that, like a, a drive? Char- yeah, a charity drive or whatever they're called for people to donate clothes and, and, um, like medicine and, and toiletries. toiletries yeah. yeah. Coats, all that stuff for the, um, battered women's club downtown which is pretty cool and they ended up getting a ton of stuff from the neighborhood and it was in my parents neighborhood obviously in draper and they ran around on saturday and they gathered everything up and we went over and helped them like sort it out or whatever well we were going through each bag that everyone had donated stuff and we were like putting all the paper towels together all the coats together kids clothes together toiletries together we're popping open these bags and it's my mom's neighbors right and she's there and all of a sudden she just makes the the mom sound the ah, what and i turn around and she has this like hand soap you know that hadn't been opened and it still had like gift wrap on it and it was a hand soap that she had given her neighbor for christmas <laughs> not even touched just going right back into the <laughs> charity pile so uh, of course, mom, it was hilarious to see her face when it happened and uh, peak of the week for your boy. <laughs> oh, that is great. That's rich. Um, that reminds me, I actually opened up a wedding gift about two years after we had been married. Opened up a box and it was a kind of a funny like pizza stone set. Something weird that you'd rarely use, you know. Mm-hmm. Had a a still sealed envelope to the original person that it was supposed to go to and they regifted it to us nice and they got married like eight years before us so they had never opened it and then just gave it gave it, to, it us. to you yeah i don't think this is like a terrible thing that happens in society we should Ooh. be allowed to regift. i don't right. think there's anything wrong with it like sometimes it just you already have it or you're not digging it i mean we all don't know what each other wants all the time so i agree all right, my peak of the week. Have you ever tried? Actually, I know you have tried because our wives talked about it, but it's HelloFresh. They should sponsor this podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's the There's a million of these companies out there now. Blue 8, Ripper Inn, HelloFresh. They basically send you meals ready to make in like a refrigerated box. Anyways, we got this like starter deal, and uh, I kind of thought it was going to be hard, but I was tasked with making dinner, and uh, this sounds like an ad. Yeah. I'm gonna send, we're going to send this to them. For yeah. sure. And uh, it was barbecue chicken tacos. I'm over here making slaw with opal apples. What? Yeah. A little, little fresh uh, lime juice. Nice. Barbecue chicken. Put it in the tortilla. Opal apples. I learned they don't brown. Mm. After you cut them, don't brown. They're Even from like, the Washington. Oxygen, yeah. yeah. Mm. Don't brown. Nice. And it's like 10 minutes for me to make dinner, and it was really, really good. But yeah. It is an expensive service as far as if you keep doing it, but if you get like introductory pricing, which I'm sure in the future we'll be able to say like enter Salt City in the mm-hmm. in the box and get 15% off. Right, you right. Know? That's what we call affiliate marketing. We're here for it. <laughs> Hello Fresh. We're going to send this to you. Um, super worth it. And just made, made me feel like a little chef. I gave a little chef's, yeah. little chef's kiss after, mm-hmm. you know? It was great. It's awesome. So... Um, yeah, I totally sound like I'm being paid to say this. I should be. Hello, Fresh. Thanks once again, but I'm not. No, we used it, and it was awesome. It's super easy. And uh, look, life's all about convenience. Sometimes you have to weigh what you want to spend time on and what you don't. And uh, 
HelloFresh, uh, go ahead and give us a call. So moving on, Chase, peaks and valleys, let's wrap it up. Yeah, perfect. Let's get to the Utah Jazz. All right, so I opened my big, loud mouth, said that we would get to 10-3 and three because we had the easy schedule. We beat the Nets at home. We go on the road and lose, and uh, we're sitting at 8-4. and four. Still a good start to the season. Um, we have a little home-and-home home scheduled with the T-Wolves. I like when they do that. We play them here tonight, Monday night, and then we fly there on Wednesday and play them there, back-to-back. Yeah, it's, it's it's an odd thing. We do it with um, usually the LA teams as well, but it feels like we do it once once a season with the with the Wolves. Um, we do this weird home and home series. Yes, I think we've done it with the Suns before. Mm-hmm. But um, sitting at eight and four, what have you liked so far, Chase? So uh, a few things to touch on: I- injuries. Ed Davis being out has really kind of dwarfed our bench. Pardon the pun, because he. He's not a great offensive player, but he's a presence defensively. And the drop-off between Ed Davis and Tony Bradley is fairly large. Now, Tony Bradley's developing nicely, I think, but he's not ready to be part of a contending team. So it's been interesting to watch. Our, our, our bench has actually been the worst rated so far in the NBA through November. I think Bradley is more suited as, like, your third big guy. Right. Uh, you know, 12th man on the bench. But you're right, Chase, after, after Gobert... Um, we we really are small to begin with, and it's gonna be interesting to see if if uh, Jeff Green can play the five at all when we go really small. Mm-hmm. And he's I, I'm I don't know why, but every time I see him, he's always way bigger than you think he is. I think he can hang with like a small lineup five. But Moutier's come back to earth a little bit. Tony Bradley, Jay, speaking of our guy, his uh, per rating down to seventeen from 25 just over the last couple games so you know he's coming back to earth so uh, Donovan absolutely looks like an all-star averaging 25 this year he's a scoring machine and his jumper looks really good Um, still waiting for Conley to come along which I know eventually will happen it would be nice if he could get there quicker than he is but uh, kind of an emotional game when we went to Memphis with his return Right. And uh, he struggled in that game, too. So Right, but there's stretches where him and Gobert are on the same page, and that pick, pick and roll they run will get there. It's obviously not there yet, but there are stretches where they're pretty dominant with it. So I look forward to the the second half of the season of, of them really clicking and gelling in, in time for the playoffs. So we'll keep you updated on all things jazz. Like I said, this week we've got the, the Wolves here and then there. Um, interesting to see how Gobert matches up with Cat. Um Anthony Towns has had a great season so far. He's struggled in the past against Gobert, but then there's also been games where he has been really, really good. Um, any big that can pull Gobert out of the paint like he can um, causes a few issues for our team, so we'll keep an eye on that. All right, Clay, let's talk local football. Let's start with BYU. Obviously a easy win at home with Idaho State. Important, the fact they became bowl eligible, but uh, a fairly easy win for the Kooks. Yeah, it was interesting. We kind of talked about Zach Wilson uh, before the game. Everything's so hush-hush with these injuries. You never know what's going to happen. He actually played, and uh, you thought I was being a little hard on him, but I thought he he looked rusty, and that's because he hadn't played for six weeks. But just a weird coaching decision 
from my perspective, to play the guy that can't practice. Uh, it was Idaho State. We were going to get by that one anyway. Do we feel like we need to rush him back in that game? When you have Baylor Romney, the offense has been rolling. I would just I, I would have gone with Baylor one more week if Zach truly couldn't practice. Like these kids need a full week before they start. That was my only thing. Hey, I'm not. Chase, I love Zach Wilson. I mean, you're giving me the eye, but yeah, I have a different take on it. Zach's our starter, and if he's ready to go, you let him play. I think because we're going to get by him, we're going to win. You let him shake that rust off in a game, um, just to get game reps back because game reps and practice reps are not the same. So I see your point, and I fully reject it. And well, we had <laughs> UMass coming up, so it wasn't like he was going to get time. You give him a week of practice. It's weird to not let him practice and then rush him into a game. That's right. his first action. I, yeah, I, I agree there. I just think, thank you. <laughs> I think the uh, I think the the coaching situation Kalani was put in was probably something along the lines of Zach coming to him saying, look, I've medically cleared. I want to play. And Kalani says, well, you're our starter. We're going to let you play. You know, it, it's, a, it's probably a hard thing. It's probably a hard uh, relationship to manage. Um, it, I think it's easier to go to Baylor Romney and say, hey, Zach's ready to go. He's our guy. You know, if he ever goes down, you're next on the list. You've done a great job. Because the expectations for Baylor were always lower. He exceeded them. Um, and it's easier for him to relinquish the the, the reins because he was third string, not second, but third. Yeah, I, I wasn't one of those guys that was sitting there saying, hey, do we have a quarterback controversy? I saw that on Twitter a lot from some BYU fans. It's like, <laughs> you don't lose your you don't lose your spot for getting hurt. Yep. Uh, there's a reason why he won it in training camp or whatever they call it in college. Training camp? Fall camp. Yep. Mini camp? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, BYU accepts a... a an invite to the SoFi Hawaii Bowl, which will take place on December 24th. They will play a Mountain West Conference opponent or a AAC Conference opponent. It's yet to be seen. And the winner of that bowl game gets all of their student loans refinanced at a lower rate from SoFi. <laughs> For SoFi Hawaii Bowl? Is that new? <laughs> I'm sure it is. Okay. At least you're in Hawaii. It's coming, guys. The whole, like, is it a real-life bowl bowl name or not we'll play the game right in the next few weeks because i love it so hawaii bowl we should play around to this on on the uh pod just. absolutely we will just one more quick bit of news uh, like you said we have umass next week line opened at 40 for byu uh that's not crazy if you if you know anything about umass football they are terrible um they ended up losing last week to northwestern who had only had one win they lost to liberty er- earlier this year by 40 right so and we played Liberty and beat them mm-hmm. by one touchdown. So we'll lose to or we'll beat UMass by transitive property says we'll beat them by forty seven. But do you think BYU so. is going to cover the forty? Because uh, as you know, I was sitting on BYU minus thirty three against Idaho State. Kalani kneeled on the ball at the one yard line and we won by thirty two. Just brutal. Yeah, it, that was a terrible beat. What sucks is that. The touchdown probably should have been called the play before. Uh, I, it was seriously insane to me. I don't know if the ref saw the same angle, but there was one angle they showed. The receiver had the ball. His knee was down on the ground, and the ball was literally laying on top of the pylon. That's a touchdown. And they kept it on the field. They called it as it stands or whatever it was. So They just didn't want to overturn it. And Kalani's such a nice guy. He doesn't run it up. Right. He doesn't score at the end there. The sad thing is... If there was like another thirty seconds on the clock, he can't kneel on it four times. Right. So we probably probably get in the Punch end zone in. there because yeah. he probably just hand it off. But it's neither here nor there. BYU doesn't cover. Um, <laughs> they're favored by forty this week. 
It's already up to forty one and a half, by the way. I, yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna be hard for me not to lay the forty one. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then just one last little bit of news after the game, Tom Hummel comes into the locker room and busts open his coat and uh, was wearing a Extend Kalani T shirt. And then today they announced uh, they came to a, an agreement. Kalani has been extended for three more seasons through twenty twenty three now, so he will stay as BYU's he will stay BYU's head coach for. The next foreseeable future kind of cool that he has like the shirt underneath and then opens it up a little weird that he wasn't wearing pants and i don't know where that report came from but i'm happy for kalani we've said all along we don't think it's all the issues have been kalani um it's more of a coordinator problem but mm-hmm. uh he's you know the the pool is so small for byu i think this is probably the right move i agree all right let's move on to utah football Utah now sitting at nine and one, uh, absolutely bludgeons UCLA at home, forty-nine to three. The showdown for the Pac-12 is setting up nicely between Utah and Oregon, both sitting with one loss. Or excuse me, yes, both with one loss. Um, most likely heading to the Pac-12 championship. I mean, barring a catastrophe, but it's not crazy. You'd still have their big rivalry game. They have to play Colorado to, at the end of the year. The buffs. That's right. And when those two teams get together, you throw out the records. So uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But yes, it is most likely looking like Utah versus Oregon. Uh, there's a lot that has to happen. What's what do you think their chances are, Chase, of getting in at this point? Getting into the college football. Playoff? Yes, into the into the fourteen playoff. I think things are happening. The stars are aligning, and I hate to say it that way. Utah's taking care of business, number one, right? But other teams that need to be losing are losing. Uh, things like Tua going down with a terrible hip injury, the committee will take that into into account. They've like, always said they will take into account injuries. So, yeah, so they're, Alabama's not as good of a team anymore. Like a one-loss Alabama team, I think you look at a one-loss Oregon or Utah team now over Alabama because they lost their star quarterback. Minnesota lost to Iowa. Minnesota lost. It, they're, they're, things are happening, man. I think there's a, like real real shot of utah making the playoff and the weird thing we jumping off a tall building when they do (laughs) right we'll be so happy for them we can't even um, i can't even hide it it's so hard like my my excitement it's good for the state it's palpable yeah Yeah, it's great so chase the one thing i was going to say is that the one thing we kind of didn't see going into this last week what if baylor would have freaking won that was crazy because all of a sudden now they're the 10 and 0 team that just beat the number 10 team in the country oklahoma right and oklahoma still has the worst loss i think out of one loss teams Mm -hmm. so but i mean coulda woulda shoulda that would have been really interesting to see what they did with baylor if baylor was undefeated going into this week to see where they landed on the rankings because they would have had to jump some one loss teams yep i agree uh as they say a lot of football left but um Utah and Oregon, or whoever comes out of the Pac-12, it's looking, if they both stay undefeated, right, or both stay with one loss, mm-hmm. um, it's looking like they'll have a real shot. And I think that's exciting for, for Utah fans around here and for all of the Pac-12 because they haven't been to the playoff in a while um, or made any noise there. So uh, just to wrap up Utah real quick, next week they are at Arizona. Utah is currently favored by 22. I see them taking care of business. Remember when Quill Tate was good? And fun that went away quick Kevin Sumlin's just killed him I don't know their offense is so bad Donk City dude they have a lot of 
I think their recruiting has really struggled the last couple of years. They don't have a lot of talent. Um, it's hard to know. Like Kevin Sumlin always just does just enough to get like the next big contract. No one knows how good he really is. Right. So I agree. So we look for Utah to uh, take care of business like they have all, all year, get to ten and one, and then really start to ramp up for that uh, that Colorado game. I like seeing bloodthirsty uh, Whittingham. Like, does he run this game up too? Absolutely. Is he just like addicted I think now, now to winning by forty? Yeah, I think now that the college football playoff is on the table, I think you do everything in your power to make it be known that you're you're ready to play in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, look for the Utes win by forty again. Absolutely, <laughs> can't wait. All right, dude, let's get to our Survivor League update. Four teams left. The final four. An intense matchup of four people looking for about fifteen hundo. Yes, the Salt City Sports Podcast Survivor League update, Chase. The four horsemen, as you mentioned, we had four teams enter last week and four teams survive. A uh, couple you know, teams that squeaked by. So we had one entry, Go Birds, went with the Vikings, who was just losing all day. Broncos came out and punched him in the mouth. It looked like it was over for Go Birds. Biggest comeback in, in fourth quarter history. Kirk Cousins had a bologna sandwich at halftime, <laughs> extra mayo, came out and really turned it up. So Did he have the green olives in it or not? <laughs> pimento olives, yeah. And they... Uh, Either way. They pumped it up. They they have the comeback you know, victory there, which was really impressive. Um, they were on the ropes. And then the other three teams went with the Raiders. Ugly game. They... We talked about it on Monday. They were 10-point favorites. By the time that game kicked off, the Raiders were favored by 13. Uh, They ended up not covering, but weren't really ever in doubt of winning that game. Felt like they had it under control. As I remember, usually on Sunday mornings, you know, that that witching hour or hours from about 9, 9.30 to 11 before the games kick off, your texts are lit, right? Me and you are going back and forth. Who do I pick for Survivor? What about this fantasy matchup? You're tinkering. You're doing these things. You told me you liked that uh, David Carr looked like he maybe threw on an extra layer of eyeliner for this game against Cincy Bengals. Yeah, there was a there was a camera I don't think the Raiders knew about on field, and it was pregame, and he was just really laying it on thick, and and of course I'm talking about the eyeliner. So uh, never in doubt with the Carr and the Raiders there, and so four on to this week, Chase. A couple matchups I think that people are going to be looking at for survivor picks. It's just the teams that we've been fading all year. If you still have teams that are playing those teams, you're going to be in a good position. So the Dolphins travel to the Browns. They're going to be double-digit favorites in that game. Cleveland will be. Steelers travel to the winless Bungles. And the third team, I think, in Survivor that uh, people are going to be looking at, the Panthers travel to the Saints. If you didn't go out on the Saints already... Here's your week to go out on the Saints. They're 10-point favorites against Carolina at home. I love it. We'll give you an update next week and see how it goes with these last four teams. Remember, uh, we'll do this every every year, obviously, but if you don't know what a Survivor League is, it's just $10 entry per team. You can have a maximum of two picks. You just got to pick one winner every week. We're down to four teams, winner take all. And it's, what, 1500 bucks about? Uh, 1200 bucks. Oh, 1200 And, sorry. of course, you can't pick the same team twice. Yeah, so, so once that, you pick them, they're gone. You get knocked out. It's awesome. A lot of fun. Another game we like to play is Daily Fantasy. Let's get to an update there. Our SCSPDFS league. 
We'll work on it. Yeah, it's good. Salt City Sports Podcast, Daily Fantasy Sports. It's here. Another interesting week. I thought I was going to win. About 11, 15 a.m. I thought I was winning, and I'm like, here we go. I'm in the money. Yeah. I think I took like 15th out of 20. Um, it's exciting checking it's that. It's exciting, yeah. The leaderboard when you're like one of your players scores the first touchdown of the day and you're in first. All downhill from there. Right. Here's another move I actually pulled real quick before you get to the lineups. I thought I had put in Chark from the uh, Jaguars. He caught a touchdown early on mm-hmm. a big day. Super excited. Nope. I remember last minute I switched to D.D. Westbrook. Don't think he scored. So it's yeah. also it's also mind game. There's a lot of mind games there. It, that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Uh, just like the Survivor Pool, we'll keep this going every week. Um, it's been filling. So everyone, thank you for, for joining. It's a lot of fun. We talk about it, Chase, when your season-long team is done with with uh, injuries or you drafted, uh, I don't know, Antonio Brown. Well, now you OBJ have... OBJ for me. Mm-hmm, you have DFS weekly, and it's a lot of fun. So let's jump to it, Chase. Wow. Shout out to first place with a username that is both fun and delicious. Skydiving Gouda. Okay. First like place it. finish. 195.3 points. That's a lot of fantasy points. 90 buckaroos, right? Yes, 90 bucks to the winner. So he had a nice lineup. He went with Lamar Jackson, who scored 33 fantasy points. All about the receivers for skydiving Gouda. John Brown, 37 fantasy points. DJ Chark, the guy we were talking about. Yeah, I didn't have him. 34 fantasy points. Cortland Sutton. Nice matchup against the Vikings, 21 fantasy points. And then in his flex, he went with the receiver as well over running back. Your guy, Chase, is it uh, D.D. Samuel? Debo. Debo. Excuse me. Yeah, get it right. (laughs) Debo. Dabo. Dabo, Debo. 24 fantasy points for Debo Samuel. Then he had Josh Jacobs in the nice matchup against the Bengals. Decent picks on Jared Cook and Pat's defense. The only stinker he had, Chase. And I don't know if it's because he listens to the podcast. Brian Hill. 4.8 fantasy points. Your boy. Look, he was 4,800. Super cheap. Chase, the whole league. He was owned by half the teams. Yeah, 50%, so these guys listen. Yeah. 50% ownership for Brian Hill. I can't feel bad about it because he can't feel bad about it. Did you right. see his tweet? He's like, I can't. I'm sorry to all my fantasy owners, but we got the dub. Yeah, and, and then he said something like, I don't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's the bizarro George Kittle. I want guys on my team like George Kittle who actually care about his, their fantasy owners, you know? I agree. So, nice lineup by Skydiving Gouda. We'll send out the link early this week. Watch out for that. Once again, if you see the link and go ahead and just enter a lineup, you can always edit that later in the week Sunday morning but that way it reserves a spot for you in the league chase so we'll send that out early watch for that on our Twitter I should also mention second place Dirty Dez 15106 and Geronimo in third place 14968 alright Clay let's get to your banger picks I'm ready to get banged and not the energy drink we're back to bangers we're no longer clangers Two and one this last week, Chase. Hell yeah. We're in the freaking money. We're stacking checks. I mean, I don't know what else to do. We're on the up and up. So just to recap, last week, we got Browns on Thursday night. Everyone's forgotten about that, including Mason Rudolph, because he was concussed. 
Browns minus two and a half. They get to the window, no problem. They covered from the first quarter on. They win by 14. Falcons travel to Carolina. We grabbed five and a half early in the week. Monday night, Tuesday night, we send it out, five and a half. It gets all the way down to four at kick. We got all the value. Falcons go in, they win outright. No questions asked. This Falcons team, they've turned to a real corner. We'll get to that, and I'm excited. Third and finally, Ravens, Texans, over. What a disaster. We have the non-PI call on Nuke in the first quarter on the fourth down play. He's already come out and complained about it. Why even allow teams to challenge these PI plays? I read a stat about that, actually. On PI plays that have been challenged, of the last 42 challenges, two have been overturned. They're two for 42. It's weird because... That's not great, Bob. They're, like, covering their bases with the with the playoff thing. Like, if something egregious happens, like the Saints missed call last year. Right. But why are we waiting to the playoffs to see these things, like, actually get overturned? It's weird. Yeah, it's um, very odd. There were a few in the Niners game as well that were questionable on both sides where they were challenged and not overturned, and you're thinking, how, why? Uh, it's weird they implemented the rule because they're not using it. Right, and and you can tell the coaches have no clue what's going on. It's not a good look for the product, but uh, I don't want to say one play is going to change it. That really hurt us. The Texans scored 41 by themselves, and we still can't get to 51 there. Thank you, Lamar. Uh, Texans just no-showed. My guy Deshaun really struggled. Uh, after a game like that, it's really hard to say who the better quarterback is in that uh, draft from two years ago. I think I would take Trubisky <laughs> <laughs> over Deshaun. Uh, I mean, one of them threw, threw a touchdown on Sunday. So... Let's move on to this week, Chase. We can't live in the past. We can't. Hit me with your picks for this coming week. All right. I love these overs. I can't stay Life's away. too short for unders. It really is. We like points. We like lots of points. I'm going Falcons at Bucks over 52. Now, this is interesting. There's actually money coming in right now on the under. I think this might move down to 51. 51 in NFL football is a key number for over-unders. If it gets to 51, we bury it. I like it at 52. Keep your eye on that number as we go along throughout the week. Over 52, Falcons at Bucks. Falcons defense, Chase. They've looked like they've played a little bit better over the last couple weeks. They've had some turnover luck. Kyle Allen actually threw for over 300 yards yesterday. He had four picks. Three of them were in the red zone. I mean, he was just taking points off the board. So I think you can move the ball on this Falcons team. Um, If they aren't so opportunistic with turnovers, I really think you can score on them as well. The Bucks, Chase. Jameis is an enigma. But when he drops back, you've got 60-yard touchdown or you've got a fumble, stack, scoop, and score. (laughs) One of those two things is going to happen. I love it. Also, uh, I would mention that the Bucks also have a great kicker, former U, Matt Gay. So if they do get to the red zone, they should be getting points regardless. I like it. The Falcons averaged the third most passing yards a game this year. Did you know that? Matt I, Ryan's been winging it. Just not scoring. Yeah, they just can't score. So they can move the ball. It's a beautiful matchup for this Bucks secondary chase. Bucks, Tampa Bay, number one against the run this year. Number one rushing defense. 
number 27 against the pass. They are legit funnel defense. They will not let you run because they want you to throw. Go ahead and just throw on them all, all day over 52. Love it. What else you got for me? Man, I love this Ravens team. My guy Lamar travels to the Rams. I just watched the Rams play against my Bears. Look, I don't know how many people watched that game. If you weren't a fan of the Bears or the Rams, I don't know how you sat through it. It was so painful. It was awful. And it was it was Sunday night. We had Uncle Al, we had Chris, but it was just brutal. I'm gonna take the Ravens defense, Chase. Goff is scared of his own shadow. These young quarterbacks are seeing ghosts, include Jared Goff. Even McVay can't help him at this point. The Rams' offensive line is so bad. The way to really get to him is to pressure him up the middle. That's what the Ravens can do. Ravens, third in the league in QB knockdowns, third in opponent QB rating, first in blitz rate. They blitz on 45% of their defensive snaps. Goff doesn't like that. Give me a healthy Jimmy Smith in this Ravens secondary. Do I even need to talk about Lamar in this offense? This line feels short at minus three. Ravens, minus three. I love it. I think you have a great point there. Lamar loves to show up for big games as well. And you know what the people are going to be talking about all week, and it's Aaron Donald against Lamar, right? We saw what he did to the Patriots and their their incredible defense. So I'm sure he'll show up for this game. What I love about Lamar as well is this last week especially, he obviously got big plays with his feet, but he hung tough in the pocket and made strong throws. So if he needs to do that against the Rams, um, whether they bring in extra protection for him or whatever, he can. So I, I really, I'm with you, man. I, this Ravens team is good. I, don't, I didn't think I was going to be saying that this far into the season, but they're very, very good on both sides of the ball. And the Rams just haven't been that impressive. No, I don't. Gurley's kind of had a little bit of a, a little comeback, comeback, but um, that offensive line is decimated. And if you don't, if you can't protect a quarterback that's already kind of shaky, it makes for a, a tough go. A lot of their receivers are banged up as well. Cup and and uh, Robert Woods, like a late scratch in that game. So I'm going to lay the field goals. Like I said, that feels short to me. Let's move on to the third and final pick. Let's do it. Colts travel to Houston. Ugh bad taste in my mouth with this Texans team the donk of all donks coaching them Bill O'Brien but the Colts on short rest Chase Indy is so banged up they play Thursday Marlon Mack I think is still under anesthesia as we speak he went in he broke his hand Uh, he's gonna miss that game the Colts injury report reads something like this Mo Cox, Eric Ebron Clayton Gathers, T.Y. Hilton, Jordan Wilkins, all mispracticed today. I don't know who's going to play. Frank Reich might have to suit up. You know? <laughs> he, might, he might have to put the old jersey on dust them off. So uh, I'm going to grab the Texans here, Chase. The Colts are missing three secondary players. I think Deshaun can bounce back at home indoors. It's not a loser leaves town match, but... It's close. It's as close as it gets. I like the home team on short rest, and I'm going to lay the three and a half. Right, and this is also a rivalry game, a divisional rivalry game for them. And those factors, what you brought up, the short rest, the Thursday night, the injuries, those are all massive cards stacked against these Colts. So while it should be a great game, 
I do like your bet here of uh, three and a half for the Texans. Just to recap, Falcons, Bucks over 52. If that hits 51, take out the HELOC. Okay. Ravens at Rams. Ravens minus three. Colts traveling to Houston. We're going to lay the three and a half with the Texans. I love it. You smell that? Smells like 3 and 0, baby. Let's go. I love it. That'll wrap you up for Clay's bangies. I feel great. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am energized without the uh, bang energy. Another yes. potential sponsor. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Love it. All right. That's going to wrap up the show this week for us. Uh, thanks once again to our host, The Pod Mill. We're here, beautiful downtown Salt Lake City. We're part of the network. We're happy we've got these insane technological advanced microphones we're speaking into dude this thing's from the future it's only the best of the best here at the pod mill and that's we wouldn't expect nothing less so yes and follow us on our social medias we've got the twitter feed has been lit with our polls on gambling sports lines follow us on social media on twitter at salt city podcast on instagram at salt city sports podcast none of that facebook crap mm-hmm. We don't want to be on there. No. You can follow Clay uh, at PotatoSack7 and me at Chase underscore A underscore Saris. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. And you know what? Tell a friend. Yes. It's all City Sports Podcast. It's fun. It's great. We're making money off the picks and having a good time. I'm listening to HelloFresh. Uh, it's great. Tell a friend. We'd love to have you. See you guys next week.